It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Burniston, he is the Pyramid. Margaret, any fiend coming out? You stick on, stick that big lead, red light bulb on for a fiend. And his partner, Fader Top End of Stevenson. Honky Tonk Man's going to take the bump for you. She's going to bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft. My name's Rab Florence and I'm joined, of course, by the great, the great man himself, Gredo. How you doing, mate? How you doing? You all right? Uh, what a show. Listen, hey, what a show we've got lined up for you. On today's episode, I have been so excited to speak to this guy. <laughs> it is wrestling royalty. The genius himself, Lanny Poffo, is joining us tonight. And I can't, I just, I just can't wait to speak to... Oh, I've just had a message. I've just had a message come in. Sorry, I have got to... Got to put my wings to bed, so I'm not going to be able to speak to them. Gredo, can you cover? Can John? Can you and Gredo cover this? We ce- we certainly can. Are we are we we doing worker shoot here? Because right, let's shoot on this. Right, we've recorded the interview. We've recorded the interview, interview with Lanny Poffo, and I've had a busy day, and I thought to myself, do you know what, Lanny Poffo is for Rab's era wrestling. He's going to take care of this. He knows the score, the genius. You're saying he's for Rab's era wrestling. Hold on, Lanny Poffo's fucking like he's sixty five, right? I, but come on, Gredo. then. 91, 92, you must have been what? Well, what I was going to say... You 10 year older than me, aren't you? Any spoilers, right? I'm not in the interview, right? But what I was going to say in the interview was that I used to have, when I went to school, I used to have in one of my school jars, I used to have a genius trading card, WWF trading card with a genius on it as a week and a bookmark in my jotter at school. (laughs) That would have been been fucking helpful, mate. Instead, what happened was two minutes before the interview starts, Rab pulls out, mate, and my father absolutely collapsed. Thanks to John who obviously knows about that era more than me. Mate, I was oiled. All I could do was talk about myself as usual. <laughs> Gredo, that's what people want for the show. People I want... He wasn't interested. He I wasn't was fucking like... interested in you. Get him back on the line. You mean he was like that? <laughs> I just know fans that when you're listening to it, it'll probably come through that I was... You know what I mean? Because I just was like, what? Because he has a scary guy, man. And then, oh. and then I... F- I thought he cut those one bit as well. He, he fucking, I started, he talked about the Banff, somewhere the Banff, and I went, what tune's that in? And he just, he went, he fucked off, and we were like that, and then he said, he had an emergency, I know, didn't he? He said that he had an emergency. <laughs> and I was like, he's just heard me say, what tune's that in? And I went, oh, fuck, that's cunt. 
That might that might not make the edit, however. But we did. Well, I'll tell you something that will make the edit, and you'll be able to hear later on. As we talked about uh, Hogan and how he went with Hogan, he was one of the first guys to beat Hogan. Um, we talked about so the next brother, event. His brother inducted him into the Hall of Fame. We talked about his brother's voice and how that's not real. Just and, in case anybody's wondering, his brother is Macho Man Randy Savage. We've no mentioned that. And we also talked about the size of his penis because Chris Jericho on episode one of Wrestling Daft said that he has the biggest penis in wrestling and he refutes that claim. And also spoke about me and him talking in Dundee just before he made his entrance and he had no absolute fucking recollection. I don't think of me or Dundee. Well, he, he, knew, he knew about Dundee, but he just, he never knew that story. He was just like, ah, Cool, mate. Be, to be fair, everybody tries to wipe Dundee out of their memories after this. <laughs> right, anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, let's have a look at what's been happening for you, because I'll be honest, I've got any news. Have you got any news, Grado? I'm on a diet. He's on a diet. I've not had any chocolate for, for Monday. That's, is, good, uh, That's good, That's good. I'll take a half a chocolate. I'll take half a chocolate. It's fucking hell. It's like fucking, honestly, I generally don't think I've had a day half a chocolate since 2015, so... Do you have chocolate in the house? Mate, well, it's because I'm, what do you call that? I'm locked down. In. I'm locked down, in aye, aye, aye. Stephanie, so um, she's got rid of all the chocolate. I mean, she's she's got a wee lassie, so there's fucking loads of Freddos and all that, and I think they've all been hid for me. But, but she's the best thing for me, Rab, because I, I, did, I, I really want to defeat this. Well, I believe you can do it. Let's move on. Let's see the <laughs> let's, correspondence let's for the last episode. Haggis Head Helmsley started a thread on the best wrestling sign you've seen on Twitter as he put a picture of someone that said the Rock P's sitting down. So uh, is this um, is this signs that were actually spotted at wrestling matches? It was. Uh, more flooded than Louise had DCT as the hairy baby maker. Guybrush Guy Streetwood got in and says Bret Hart humps cows was one he saw, which is a good one. I quite like that one. ICW fan 1987 spotted one at an event that said, fuck Brexit, watch wrestling. That's, that's a belt, that's a belt. Emma Louise saw one that said Brock Lesnar is ticklish. <laughs> one Andy who saw someone, one for Andy here, who saw somebody on Raw with one that said Owen Coyle is God. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, uh, do you remember, remember uh, WrestleMania 17? I'm sure there was a guy in the second row with a sign saying the Wayne Rooney. Oh, nice. Wrestle, nice. He's on it. And this, this must have been 2001, Wayne Rooney would have just have probably still been at Everton. started it. Gary spotted one. It was also, I know, before you... Book Gradle, just at the start. Oh, but Gradle, what was that? Mm. Sorry, because you dropped out a wee bit there. I know, I did drop it universe, again. It's almost like the universe didn't want you to say one about yourself. But Maybe I should one. keep it to myself. No, 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 say it. No, say it I'm no, just no. saying at the start of WrestleMania 30, um, it pans to the crowd right at the, the first two seconds of WrestleMania 30, there's a big sign saying, but Gradle. How, does that, how did that make you feel when you saw that? Um, well, at the time, I'm sure I was wrestling for a company um, called TNA at the time. And, uh, you know, a kid he done that, oh, there you go, mate. Okay. The rifles, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Gary spotted one for WWE Raw when it came to Glasgow that said Roman Reigns sells Avon. That's brilliant. Hey, listen, back to wrestling names for when you were away. And remember we were talking about that? Toby says his wrestling name when he was a kid was Triple M or MMM for short. Or is that mmm for short? Imagine your wrestling name being mmm. Mm. Your opponent's day when you come out. Mm, yum. Finisher was a triple elbow drop of Doom. Triple elbow drop. Sounds good, mate. MMM was main man Michael, the arrogant prick that I was. <laughs> Guy's just lost his cell. He's remembering that he's just lost his cell in the, in the I'm, memory. I'm going to 
take a fucking wild guess that the triple elbow drop of Doom was probably a wee guy elbowing his pillar, standing back up, elbowing his pillar again, standing mm-hmm. back up and elbowing his pillar for the third time. I'm sure Aye. that's the triple elbow. Try and, Toby, get back to his and uh, let us know if that's what the triple elbow drop of Doom was. Let us know about that. Jordy Coyle said, I remember I was Crippler Coyle. Good old-fashioned uh, nickname there. Mm-hmm. Good old-fashioned name. Good old-fashioned wrestling name, Crippler Coyle. Crippler. Jordy Coyle said, Crippler, he says he was Crippler Coyle, and he'd also created his guy on N64's No Mercy. Fantastic wrestling game. When I rented it for Global Video, the next week, one of my neighbours asked if I had it out because there was a guy in it with the same name as me. Didn't they know it saved data to the game? I love that story. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant story. That's, that's a brilliant. brilliant. So somebody created themselves in the game and then somebody else got it out a global <laughs> a week later and he was in it. That's fucking brilliant. I never even thought about that. Of course great that story. It's a great that's story, isn't it? Great I don't story. even think Jordy Coyle realises how good that story is. That's a brilliant story. Well done, Jordy. Listener of the week, unless something amazing happens. Hazy was also back in touch and said, in hindsight, I would have called myself Dominic Cummings as I would have been fucking untouchable. Oh, here we go. We've got satires coming here in. Here we go, man. Here like we the go. satirists, the great satirists of Scotland are coming What's, in there. Explain satire to me, the actual meaning of it. Well, you're heading into a difficult area here when you're asking somebody to define what satire is because people argue about that, what yeah. satire is. But it's essentially, I, w- I would define satire as comedy... Comedy that makes a point about makes a point about a subject, satirizes a subject, lampoons lampoons something, but in a kind of serious way, right? So that's what I would say satire is. Right. So you know what I mean? Try, I get it. But people so would it, argue with that. As people would argue. So it's like having a joke about a serious subject, kind of. Well, well, not necessarily just having a, a joke about a serious subject, but also. It depends. It's like it's it's almost like to it's like a critique, like to criticise people. Um, you often it's topical. I would say usually it's something that's gone on the new, um, but it's usually to kind of to form an analytical critique of something or someone through comedy. I would say. Speaking of satire, Dominic Cummings, uh, Chris brought our attention to comedian Mark Nelson who tweeted that he wished Cummings had walked out to the DX team when he did his press conference. Mark Nelson would be a nice guest in this show. He's he, he, he's he would be perfect on this. Mark's a, a, a nice he's a, guy. He's a great guy. Tam Osborne has been on and says, I purchased the excellent Total Extreme Wrestling 2020 game a day and decided to become the booker for ICW. Grado is listed in the game as a showstopper. Mm. And this is his description. He isn't so bad as to be labelled boring. Is that good or no? I, I would say it's... it's I would say it's better than being... That's fucking mad. There's the picture. Grado's perceived by the fans to be well-known. He has impressive charisma. Good in-ring psychology. Nice. Selling of moves is impressive. I sell myself. And while he's solid rather than spectacular, he isn't so bad as to be labelled boring. So they are it. Yeah. What did he say? <laughs> Joe, Joe Coffey was on the show. Was it last week Joe Coffey was on? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Joe Coffey is perceived by the fans to be well-known. He has good charisma, good in-ring psychology. His selling of moves is good. And while he's solid rather than spectacular, spectacular, he isn't so bad as to be labelled boring. So he gets, I know, look at Trent Seven. Trent Seven is perceived by the fans to be unimportant. He has good charisma, good in-ring psychology. His selling of moves is very good, although his lack of flash does spoil the package somewhat. What's unimportant? I don't Sammy Callahan. While he may not be the flashiest wrestler on the planet, you wouldn't call him dull either. 
<laughs> Love these. I need to get this game. A challenge for next week, right? <clears throat> Danilo says, because people were doing their partners 11 footballers, right? So, so what was this? You need to explain to me what, 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 was, what is this? Right, basically, Jamie Carragher, what is this? Jamie Carragher was on Twitter and said, right, go to your girlfriend or partner or wife and ask them to name the first 11 footballers that come to them and we'll, we'll put them in a formation. So get them to do like a goalie and put them in a 4-4-2. So this is a big thing on Twitter. So he's then, Daniel was has decided to do this with wrestlers, you see? Right, okay, okay. So so the suggestion here is, so he decided to ask his girlfriend to name a six-person wrestling stable, right? Now, now, what we're saying here, by the way, what I want to say, as opposed to what John said there, right, what I want to say is, you ask your significant other, you might be a lassie asking your significant other who isn't anti-wrestling. I said partner, I said partner. You did, you did, but you, just, you went partner, girlfriend, wife. So I'm saying to you, if you're a woman uh, and your boyfriend's on the wrestling, go to them, ask them to name a six-person wrestling stable and see how they come up with. Here's what Danilo's um, girlfriend came up with. John Cena, Randy Savage, The Rock, Big Show, Orange Cassidy and Goldust on a stable. They go. That's an interesting one. It's an interesting that Orange Cassidy would be in the mix there. I think his girlfriend fancies Orange Cassidy. I think his girlfriend likes wrestling as well. Why do you think that? Because he, because she knows Orange Cassidy. Kinda. No. Orange, Orange Cassidy's got a wee bit of a kind of mainstream appeal, though. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of crossed over a wee bit. I would say people are seeing him on Twitter doing wee bits and pieces. He's she's maybe seen him. Well, I quite fancy him. What's his name? Orange Cassidy. You know what I mean? She's like, I would dump this Daniel guy in a heartbeat if I could get five minutes with Big Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I wonder, if, I wonder if I don't like Orange Cassidy. Surprised you don't like him with that fucking first name he's got. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us about any of that or just random wrestling related stuff, get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Instagram at Wrestling Daft Podcast, just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, or emails at wrestlingdaft at gmail.com. <laughs> Every week we like to separate the good for the bad in the wrestling. The sight tests to the driving to test your sight. You know what I mean? Here's satire. That's satirical. It's satire, Grado. That's satire there. Thanks, John. Oh, pause. Say it again. Right. Every week we like to separate the good for the bad in wrestling. The sight tests to the driving to test your sight. That's satirical. That is satire. Aye. Yeah, yeah, it is, John. John Shakey. It's a wee bit of satire. Satire. Definition of satire. But who would you want to bury a put or? This week, did you see AEW's big uh, shop mall extravaganza? Boom, 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 boom. Um, carry on. I've, I've again, I've no managed to 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 watch it. Um, but I heard Jim Cornette talking about the the ladder match. He basically buried it, but he buries everything on AEW anyway, didn't he? Did you see it? I saw it. It was good fun. That was a good fun match. Did you like I'm, I'm intrigued in your opinion of the stadium stampede. I thought it was brilliant and it was like what Money in the Bank should have been. I thought it was brilliant. It was far better than Money in the Bank. Oh, it was no, far no. better executed than Money in the Bank. I would go so far to say as I think it's probably the best produced wrestling match and I'm including the Firefly Funhouse and the, the Buddy, Casket match in that or the Buddy Delive match. I, I didn't I, prefer I it. I prefer the buried. I prefer the Undertakers at the the Boneyard match. What about Matt Hardy? Hang. 
was it, DNA, that was good. It was a different kind of match. It was a different kind of match, but no, probably the Hardy compound one. There were so many good ideas, and they were really well executed. And the whole Matt Hardy bit was great. Mm. Um, now I know there was, I know there was some people saying that they shouldn't have done a trying to drown somebody in a pool segment after <laughs> the tragedy that had happened that week. You know, that was one of the things that was getting said about it. But that's fucking um, weird. That happened. They put, they put a drowning thing. They did. They did have a drowning segment in it, but you know, I think Matt Hardy's. I think the whole um, reincarnation thing underwater that Matt Hardy's been doing has been established for so long that mm-hmm. you know, I don't think. Uh, I never made the association when I watched it at all. It was only when I saw people talking about it afterwards. Uh, I right. was just. I wouldn't make that connection either if I was watching it. I must admit. Yeah, I, I was just waiting for the reincarnation thing to happen. I was just watching that. Um, Matt Hardy put in a really good shift in that match. I thought I loved the um, the Matt facts coming up on the side and stuff. It was excellent. It's really made me think I'm choking to get something like an ICW. You know, one of the kind of one of these produced matches would be you know and put with in fucking twist on it. Aye, aye. Do you know what I mean? Well, I I mean it would be great. What kind of produced match would you like to do, Grado? No man, something today about bum bag. Try and get the bum bag for something. Do you know what I mean? Try and get the put yeah, it at the top uh, of the science tower. Put do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. Something like that or at the top of fucking. Do you know what I'd do? In sunny world in Glasgow, put the bum bag at the top because that's that not the tallest building in the town. It might be. I mean, you've got elevators. You've got elevators to play with, and uh, elevators and that popcorn eat sweetest eat. Popcorn, but that's that's been a bit too much. That's what would you call him? Uh, the guy that's would you call him? O- Ozzy, Ozzy, Otis, Otis, I. I think you've got something there. I think, did you see? Think of the way of that cinema. See, a day. I think that'd be good. Some great spots. But, do you know what? No, it doesn't start there. It should be used like the see the subway, the underground, and you go to fucking Ibrooks. Then you go to um, where else is in the subway? <laughs> That's it, mate. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You did, what's that thing you, that I've done with the boys? When you, the, the underground, what sub-crawl, is that again? The sub-crawl, the sub-crawl. The sub-crawl. Something like that wrestling, and you come out and there's, you know what I mean, we're fucking fighting the streets of Glasgow. That'd be gallus, wouldn't it? Aye. I'm sure he's all day that. I'm sure I see um, uh, I'm sure that. Darcy's I've got one for you. Here's a bit of booking for you, right? It's the sub-crawl. You get a belt at the start. So it's like the Royal Rumble, wee bit, right? So you, the first wrestler starts at the first stop, right? You go on to the next stop, there's a wrestler there, you have a match in the subway. Whoever wins the match goes on to the next stop. And whoever gets the winner getting round to the last stop wins the belt. What about that's, that? So that's great, you, mate. So who do you talk to about executing wrestling matches on the platform of a subway station? <laughs> well, right, let's, see, let's see what the punters are saying. Let's see what the punters are saying, right? We'll just think about that. We'll just think about how we're going to make that happen. Um, Westy. Has wants to put over the AEW for bringing in Brian Cagle. Is it Cagle? Cage. It's just John. Is it Cage? How do you how do you pronounce that, John? Is it Cagle? Sorry, it's Brian Cage. Brian Cagel. <laughs> Brian Cagel for Belgium. Brian Cagel. Let's just refer to him as Brian Cagel. Right. But uh, AEW brought in Brian Cage. The man's an absolute machine, says Westy. Um, what kind of machine, though? There's lots of different machines. A fucking washing machine. It's a soda stream. <laughs> what kind of machine do you mean? A soda stream. Ma- Martin wants to put all WWE for putting NXT talent in his fans for Raw. Made it more watchable. Definitely. Did you see that, Grado? There's no NXT punters 
NXT wrestlers in the audience for Raw to get a wee bit merry an atmosphere, just like no. AEW were doing, you know? No, but Shaq, help me. I, that's what I was going to say. What has AEW done for, for fans? Well, they, they, have, like, they have crew and they have like crew and wrestlers and stuff. Right, right. Because I remember they, they did that one week, but they get buried online because they didn't have a social distance. I take it they're going with, these guys have been tested, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it's a, right. different, a different situation. Uh, John, what's the put over MJF and Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing? Best match of the night, amazing. Only nine years of experience between them. That's crazy when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, you want to say Barry Gronk and his shit sunglasses. Why is this guy on WWE? Why are you known WWE, John? Ian wants to bury cyberbullies. Oh, the, the the Japanese lassie, which I was couldn't believe it. Well, I'm not I'm saying it couldn't believe, but it was something I never expected to see on my Sky News. That's how I found it. Which uh, was always a fucking sad thing, man. It's just some. But do you know what? Wrestling fans could be fucking horrible sometimes. Uh, well, I well, I mean, fans are everything these days. I think are bit horrible. You know, what I mean, a, a proportion of them. I think there's things need to change there. Yeah, but, but do you ever you just go into like some YouTube comments and that and stuff and I think fuck me man I think a lot of wrestling folk get it get it tight our fans equally I mean wrestling fans are brown because they're the most passionate I think they're the most passionate thing like apart from like what's up there we give me something Star Wars or some shit N64s oh, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean all that kind of kind of we're talking shit no 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 it's true it's true but, but I think it's, um, just, it's just aye it's a terrible situation because um, I think Hannah Kimura would have been. You would have seen her. She would have been. She would have been a big star. I think. You know what I mean. Um, you would have seen her over here. I think. And it's a shame. I say over here. I don't mean fucking Helensburg. Where I'm. I mean over in, yeah. in the United States of America. So it's a it's a terrible loss. Um, Ross wants to bury AEW for not giving me a reason to get behind most of the talent over a year. And the backgrounds of the characters are still hazy. He wants to put over Gradle for recommending Dark Side of the Ring. Hey, hook for start to finish, brother. Brilliant. You know what's he, in that year, Rab? No. Um, no, I've not watched. <laughs> I've not watched any of that yet. But I will though. Well, uh, that's what I say about the wrestling. You Steve, Steve, Steve wants to put. Steve wants to put Orange Cassidy for uh, his whole kind of be fuck putting up a ladder and just try. Stretching for the poker chip, um, and he wants to bury Mike Tyson for nearly crashing out of ringside. But I'm not going to tag him in this for fear of getting a whoop. Mm-hmm. Him. Imagine, imagine Mike Tyson saw a guy tweeting us about how shite he was, and then kind of did you say on Twitter that I that I was shite for wrestling death? I'm trying to get him. Big mad I, I, I thought you were going to say go to his door. There was like fucking. Um, you ever, I don't know if you ever noticed story a couple of years ago about Stephen Flutter and Chris Masters. At PCW, did you ever see that video? No, no, no. Somebody had been pirating PCW DVDs, right? And uh, Chris Masters was booked for PCW, and uh, Steve Flutter, the promoter, who's about my height, quite well built. Well, he's Stephen Money, me, man. He's a kind of big, he's a big fella, big chubby, chubby fella. Not that's getting to do it, but he fucking took Chris Masters to the guy's store, oh <laughs> and they filmed it, and he was going. You part of my DVDs, you part of my DVDs, and just Masters in the background fucking cracking his fucking horns and all that. <gasps> Hunter was shitting himself. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, That's the last thing he would have thought would have happened. Masters and fucking the promoter come to do. He's selling my DVDs. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. Um, WWE Haggis wants to bury wrestling companies thinking they're immune and putting her fuck all because it's been not our shite before lockdown happened. <laughs> 
swapping out our shite well before lockdown have a W. He's just raging. Haggis is just raging. Um, Big Mad Andy wants to put her Kevin Nash. Gets a lot of grief, Big Man, but he tweeted out some nice stuff for the weekend. And he's very enjoying Janelle. Ella. What's the point in him? Get him so far to fuck. Man, listen, be kind, please. Fire Soul wants to put over double or nothing. Especially the stadium stampede match. I was fucking howling at the part of Matt Hardy was hitting away. No going to bury anything this week, keeping things positive for a change. That's nice. I appreciate Fire Soul. What are you making that spot? The... What are you saying, Gredo? Um, I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that spot. I've not seen it, but Jim, yeah, just because Cornette was burying it, saying the, the, the stunning on the, the ladder and says it wasn't funny. So I wanted to know what you thought about it. <sighs> was it funny? What did Cabana do? I know he's burning Cabana and all, but he always buries Cabana. It was just... The, the problem, I suppose, with the, uh, the, the... It was just a fun, light match. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, why is Kermit even fucking... I don't look too much ...getting angry about it? You know I, what I mean? I, I, right, what? Okay. I, mean, what is what? I mean, what's going on with him? Scott says he wants to bury Levy for letting fans decide the fate of a player's contract but he wants to put over Livy for tweeting this. Did Livingston actually do this? I know, because I went to see it. Did they obviously delete it, John? <laughs> this is a genuine tweet that Livingston tweeted because they, they're one of their goalkeepers at a contract and they put on Twitter, should we, a post in, should we give him a new contract or not? It was obviously a press stunt. A joke, yeah. It's a genuine tweet that Livy put out but after it says this. 16th October 2011. It was tweeted. Do you see what I'm saying, Rob? Yeah, but how did that happen in the 16th of October? How could they know that they were going to tweet that? I, I don't know. <laughs> did they take... Are you starting to reconsider if it's real now? I know, I, I'm starting to reconsider it. I was giving this a... <laughs> I think they <laughs> had. But either way, it's still fucking hilarious. It's still hilarious <laughs> I mean, anyway. It's still brilliant. Just to say again, just for anybody listening to this, what Brilliant. we're looking at is a Livingston FC tweet that says, Good night, Hulkamaniacs and Jabroni Marks without a life that don't know it'll work when you work a work and work yourself into a shoot marks, which is the best tweet that Hulk Hogan ever put out in his life. Um anyway, there we go. Anyway, we, we need to find I, out if that's real. Let's find I'm, out if it's real. I feel as if I've killed John Buzz. I've been duped by the listeners. <laughs> Tell you what, there might be a genius on this show tonight, but it's no fucking news. <laughs> right, so my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. I'm sure you all know what a Patreon is. We're trying to get ourselves in about it. Um, and we've set up three tiers. And you can get involved over at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. You can apply to be in tier one, which is a cruiserweight champion, which is about £3 a month. On that, you get a patron-only chat community, ad-free versions of all episodes, you get a full, unedited version, you get random bonus content, the video version of the Marks podcast, and you can vote on what you want to see in the list of wrestling draft. Tier 2 is Intercontinental Champion, which is $10 a month, it's about £7.70. You get everything you get in Tier 1, as well as a video version of the podcast each month, you get a bonus episode once a month, and Grado, and I promised myself that I will record the first part of my career biography this week, plus the match, we'll be doing a one-year review of AEW. That's right, when I find time to do it, I will do this interview, John. Probably date on Friday, if that's all right. Yep. Yep. And you can join our Patreon pay-per-view parties. Shout out to everyone who got involved for double or nothing at the weekend. Tier 3, you're the World Heavyweight Champion, which is £15 a month, and you get everything 
in the previous times as well as free tickets to every live event once we're all allowed to get self-isolation again as long as you're signed up to the Patreon and you get a free wrestling daft shirt design of your choice but you must sign up to a minimum of three months plus to get to feature on one of our shows as one of our marks yeah, that's part of it. but I mean I think the Patreon is good do we have any signing, signing ups this weekend? Uh, yes we have had a couple of upgrades and everything this week oh that's actually good news so if you fancy that and becoming one of our patrons sign up this now at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft uh, as we would love to welcome you to the roster Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You just made the list! Now this week on our Patreon. Oh, sorry. This week on our Patreon. How, how do you date, Grado? Patreon. Patreon. This week on our Patreon. This week on our Patreon, we ask for you guys to vote on our list of wrestling daft. Remember, you can vote on this. Vote in the direction of the show itself. By signing up for four dollars a month, there you, go, pa- mate. you get to vote for four pound. Oh, get oh, that in there, man. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, nay backslashes. This week, as we did worst gimmicks a few weeks ago, we thought we'd throw up best gimmicks, maybe as a, a wee list. And that was up against the best moments of WCW under Bischoff as he turned 65 this week. Okay, why are we celebrating his 65th? Because he's retired now, he can get his bus pass. <laughs> With 67% of the vote, it was the best moments in WCW that won, and I'm going to do my top three right now. And, okay, so here we go. So my top three, this is quite tricky for me, actually. This is quite... I find that hard, but... This is quite tricky for me, right? My number three has got to be the three-hour Nitro, right? Now, the concept of the three-hour Nitro with the structure of... Uh, the opening hour of the cruiserweights and the Lucha Libre guys uh, leading up to the bigger guys and the, and, the, and the kind of European imports, the structure of that show, I don't think there is enough credit given to WCW Nitro under Bischoff for what he did, showing how you could structure a three-hour wrestling show. No, and I think the case in point here is you look at the three-hour long uh, Raw that we watch, and they just can't do it as well as Bischoff did it with Nitro. So that is my number three, is the structure of the three-hour WCW Nitro. How do you feel about that, Gradle? I like that. I like because Defo at the time, they, they ever complained. No. About the, did they? they, they probably so. did. But they probably did complain, actually. Ever complained about, like, I remember people enjoying the fact you could turn it on, you tune in, you knew in the first hour you were going to see all these all these cracking cruisers, you were going to see mm. Hoopintood Guerrero and all that, or jumping about, you were going to see these fast matches you knew you were going to get teased for the fact that Hogan was going to be there in the third hour and stuff like that it was built up beautifully you knew that in that middle hour you were going to get people like Alex Wright and all that and Disco Inferno and you know I mean you had all this it was great it was it was a beautifully structured show so that's my number three is the structure of WCW Nitro I like where you've done that my number two is going to be And this is the, what I was deliberating over because I had this at number one originally, but it has to be my number two. My number I guess two. It. Yeah, I guess, guess it. it. Guess it. Well, is it Hogan and Goldberg on Raw? Uh, Nitro? 
not. It is the push for Diamond Dallas Page. Aye, mate, he was so big. The push for Diamond Dallas Page is my number two. That's it! This place has erupted! Everyone is standing! Savage! When you thought he had Diamond Dallas, Diamond Dallas had Savage! And look at Nick Patrick! The pressure's on him right now, Brain! He knows he's not gonna get up! Come on, Patrick! Count him! Go ahead! You better count! Come on! One, One two, three! He got it! He got it! He was on Ricky Lake and fucking everything, mate. Like I say, this was my number one originally because I kind of feel quite a lot of the time I think to myself, I'm not sure if at any other promotion, DDP, the, the vision wouldn't have been there to give DDP that push. Um, DDP was an unlikely looking guy, an unlikely guy to be in the spot that he was in. But my God, they, they got behind him and they pushed him and he... He was worth every minute of that push. You know what I mean? He was he was fantastic. The fans, he was so over. You couldn't get much over than more over than DDP was. Um, and it was a beautiful push, a lovely kind of organic push, a push that took time, a push that, um, you know, D- DDP talks about it beautifully. He talks about what Macho Man did. We're feeding into the fact that Lanny Poffo is going to blow in this, what Macho Man did to help put DDP over and stuff like that. But I think WCW, everybody talks a lot about NWO and all that. And everybody talks a lot about Ric Flair and everybody talks a lot about Sting and everybody talks about but I think WCW Nitro without Diamond Dallas Page would have been a completely different picture, I think. You know what I mean? Having a guy like that in that mix was so and, that that's and, my number two. And it makes you think in hindsight now when you think about it when I mean that moment on Raw when DDP taking off his balaclava, it was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But we think it was such a fucking bullshit way in terms of he was stalking another takers away from him. Why would right. he want to stalk the And you just think he could have fucking been involved in any other storyline and taking that mask off. And he, Listen, I mean, made, he was so fucking big. The Rock should have been in talk- the ring. The Rock should have been in the ring doing a promo and then fucking self high five and out comes DDP. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. It should exactly, have been as simple as that. Because I'm sure fucking, I, I'm sorry to talk about Kermit again, but I'm sure he booked and he's like fantasy WrestleMania 18. I'm sure it was something like DDP versus The Rock. And it's something you. Uh, it was, I think it was The Rock. Mm-hmm. And you just think, fuck, that could have worked. Do you know what I mean? Fucking DDP was like fucking over and over in America. No, just in wrestling, he was that fucking... would have been massive. It would have been worth it just to have seen The Rock of that era selling a diamond cutter. Because I think that would, have been a, that would have been a sight to behold, The Rock that's selling a, a diamond cutter, I think. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my number two. And my number one is going to be bringing in Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. What now? Taking over a little early. Hey, look. Hey, look. Big man. Donnie Osmond's back. He's back. Hey, Bischoff, you get a couple frequent flyer miles from that last ride there. Oh, that's good. That's real good. Eric, let's get out of here. It was a tricky one for me, but when it comes down to it, in terms of the impact that had upon the scene of professional wrestling stuff like that, it has to be bringing in Hall and Nash. And the the start of that whole run and the and the NW the NWO brother. That's so, good. Can can I just say a couple of mine, my favourite mm-hmm, one? I mean, mm-hmm, I know you're talking about you loved um who were we talking about there? Was it DDP or something DDP. before that? Mm-hmm. DDP right. and and and, oh, and yeah. Do you know what I remember I remember buying fucking I was hooked. I bought a best of Raven and WCW video and it was four 
four hour videos long. It was literally 16 hours long. And I watched that fucking tape all day and night in my grands. Raven and WCW was amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you ever remember WCW? Aye? Oh, aye, 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 aye. I mean, I can't remember it happened, didn't it? But I just remember loving it, right? Lance Storm's theme music. You also had, just before you move on for Raven, because you also had run about Raven, you had Canyon and stuff like that as well. And I was a big fan of, I was a big fan of them, you know what I mean? Canyon. And then also, because I used to take the video every day on Global, that fucking triple cage gimmick. Oh, aye. And folk bury that, but I fucking, as a way, and I loved that, man, when Canyon got through after the top of that cage. It's a spectacle, isn't it, when a you're a big guy? mega, he was a stuntman, wasn't he? I'm sure, Canyon. I'm not sure. I'm very sure. He was either a stuntman for that Reddit Rumble or something like that. I don't know, but. They had fucking it was it was very sad, very very sad. Um, who better than Kenny? Um, and as well, I always wondered how they managed to get away with that fucking rip off the theme music. I know, I love that shit. It's good, than that. Yep. I mean, because it, it was so close, it was so close. Keith Richardson says Sting versus NWO, a great story to lead to a match with Hogan. It was built up over a long period of time, which you never see these days. Always enjoyed the Stinger coming down for the rafters to beat them up with his baseball bat. I mean, I, I mean, it's just it's iconic, isn't it? Sting coming down for the rafters, or Sting sitting up in the rafters and watching them. Beautiful stuff. McIntyre's Tartan Army says Goldberg's undefeated streak to become WCW World Heavyweight Champion in the Georgia Dome. Just the crowd that night. And is it not true that they only... What was the deal with that? Did they not just make a decision last minute to go to the Georgia Dome? And they had like... I'm sure they had like four days to sell tickets and they sell to it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about I'm that. Sure I'm sure there's a story behind that. Where we need have... to get Easy e on that show and ask him about this stuff. He's a crabbit bastard. He would love us. He would love us. Steve, having Medusa debut in Nitro with the WWF's women's belt and then dump it in the trash can. Such a gangster move. See, I don't like it. I don't like that kind of thing. I turned my mic off. I was so angry there. I don't like that flinging belts and bins. It's not for me. John Montgomery says, Macho Man taking the diamond cutter and making DDP. Always liked him as a manager and even men as a wrestler. Also think Sting Flair on the last Nitro was a great touch as they were the main event on the first Nitro. That was a sad affair seeing mm-hmm. the two wrestle on the last Nitro. Although it was dead exciting as well, wasn't it? Seeing oh, Ken McMahon was, walk out and all that. It was mind-blowing. It was fucking brilliant, man, wasn't it? It was mind-blowing. It was brilliant. Bronze cello. And I love how J- 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 Jeremy Borash has got a story about that, about how it's fucking brilliant. He was just like, obviously he had been doing the, the, the internet WCW show mm-hmm. and, and he, the guy that he'd done it with, they were sitting there in the crowd when Shane McMahon was in the ring and all that. Let's just fucking, let's just fucking attack the ring. Let's just do it. If we get beat up, we'll fucking, it doesn't matter. Fuck it. We're going to lose our jokes. Yep. Let's do it. Let's just fucking get a down in the middle of the ring. We've got nothing to lose. Yep. And he was, he says he was that close to fucking doing it. That's a brilliant story. Bronze Cello, good friend of the show, says WCW turned the tide in 94 with the acquisition of one man, followed by a record pay-per-view buys, possibly one of the greatest WCW moments, the Disney MGM parade and the announcement of the signing of Hulk Hogan. Do you know what I think that was on ITN News? Remember John Sushi? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it made ITN News when Hogan signed for WCW. Maybe. Maybe. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. However... <clears throat> he needed the outsiders coming in needed that yeah. needed that kick yeah. into something Rich say Starcade 1993 Flair versus Vader just perfect storytelling love that and Max says Colin Vince out to fight him on pay-per-view <laughs> <laughs> I 
Aye. He's karate gear on and taking that jackknife off the stage. Scott, the whole cruiserweight division. Hey, the stars that have came for that are unbelievable and started the movement that you didn't have to be six foot nine, 350 pounds to be a star. Also, one of my favourite matches ever, Ray versus Eddie, Halloween Havoc 97. See that first tour of Nitro with the cruiserweights? It right. was dynamite. Scott. Found the test of time, didn't it? Yep, Scott says his namesake Scott Steiner turning his back on his brother's Rick and his brother Rick, no he's not got two brothers called Rick, just one brother, his brother Rick to join the NWO and become Big Popper Pump if it wasn't for that moment we probably wouldn't have got all the now famous Steiner promos I love Steiner's um, chainmail head thing, I love it I know. Craig says the four horsemen ceremony with Ric Flair's return and Flair calling himself a son of a bitch and I think did he fling his shoes into the crowd as well that one did, didn't he? Um, I so that he means, does that normally takes off his tap and elbow drops his tap and stuff like that. Bischoff, <laughs> see, the, the problem is history is written by the victors, isn't it? And so the WWE, the WWE write a lot of the history, all of this stuff and all that. But Eric Bischoff's legacy is is really quite something, you know what I mean? Really and, quite something. And plus, we wouldn't get all the drama, like, see the way fucking Russo and Bischoff, Bischoff hate each other and stuff like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. and the finger poke of doom and stuff like that, you know. Well, that stuff fucking brilliant to listen to, to listen to about now. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Listen, I don't know if for wrestling fans who lived through it, I genuinely think wrestling fans who lived through the Monday Night Wars, you know, new, new wrestling fans, new new wrestling fans that come along will ever experience anything as exciting as that again. I don't think. Totally agree, man. I j- even just like, so like, I was saying to my girlfriend the other week, I was like, you've no idea how much I buzz Friday nights were as a wee guy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Thursday, because I think it was the, maybe the, the no show night Nitro on the Thursday on Bravo. I can't even remember how it lined up. What I used to do was, what we used to do when we were wee guys, well, no more wee guys. I wasn't a wee guy when it was happening. I was like, mm-hmm. teen, like well, I must have been like 19 or something. I'm kind of not really sure, but I used to tape the, I used to tape Nitro and tape Raw and then watch both of them on the Saturday right after one another. Was it on the UK's version of TNT? Oh, I can't even mind. Maybe, aye, maybe. I think it was, It mate. was Bravo. Was it no Bravo? But I think Bravo was near the tail end. I'm sure there was a TNT. You yeah, can, I could be wrong, the fans can write in. But also I said about like just like fucking the excitement of watching like maybe I think South Park was on, Trigger Happy TV, Father Ted, you know, then Raw. The pasta. Fucking brilliant, man. What Where a place. I miss that? Do you know what what I mean? a place the past was. This and is the, the thing, it's like it doesn't have the same <sighs> Because Monday Night Wars was brilliant. Because let me tell you something here. Here's what was exciting about the Monday Night Wars. You had the genuine sense that Whatever company won, the other company was going to go down the tubes. Mm-hmm. It was fucking, it was like Thrive or Survive. It was the Survivor, they die. Survivor, mm-hmm. live or not live. Death or never say never again. <laughs> right now, you're being stuck at home these days, right? You probably don't think much about internet privacy on your own home network. Right? Fire up incognito mode in your browser, nobody can see what you're doing, right? Well, you're rang. You're rang, mate. Because see, even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. Even if you clear that browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. Now, believe you me, that's why, I mean, I'm on the telly, right? I can't take any chances. So even when I'm at home, I never go online, never, without using Express VPN. Not that I do anything bad, right? But just because I, I just don't want, I just don't want it. I, I use it. I've got it don't here. I, well, I, 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 I just don't want to put it in. I don't want to put it in a bad way. I just kind of, I feel like because I'm a celebrity, then people shouldn't know what I'm looking at, right? So ExpressVPN, make sure that your ISP, that means internet service provider, right? You wouldn't know that. They can't see what sites you visit. 
Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. And each ExpressVPN servers get an IP address that's shared among thousands and thousands of users. That means everything you do is anonymized and can't be traced back to you. They can't catch you. They can't get you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data. Now listen, no, no, I'm not talking about 50%, I'm not talking about 75%, I'm not even talking about 95%, I'm talking about 100% of your data. That's about as much percent as you can get, right? With best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. So you can use the internet with confidence for your computer, your tablet, or your smartphone, because ExpressVPN has you covered on every device you've got. Even if your, your soda stream is attached to the internet, cover you on that as well. Simply tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless, countless more. Right? So I want you to do the smart thing. Pretend you're a celebrity, right? Pretend you're not just a normal partner going about your business. You're a celebrity, let me in great Protect your online activity today with a VPN that I trust to secure my privacy and believe you me, it needs secured. Visit my <laughs> visit my special link at expressvpn.com slash wrestling. And let me tell you something about that slash, right? That's a forward slash. And you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S VPN.com slash wrestling expressvpn.com slash wrestling to learn more about this thing that you need now let's introduce a loving legend of wrestling through the 80s he worked for companies such as NWAs and Mid-South it was one of the original high flyers in the business introducing Moonsault, Centons to North America as Leaping Lanny then through his work as a genius he became one of the few people to beat the Hulkster in the WWF. Please welcome to the show one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life, Mr. Lanny Poffle. I am the genius full of glory and renown, still living in the past. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? I thought you were going to start a poem there. I know you like your poems. Oh, yes, I do like a poem. Oh, you love your poems. I remember when you came to Dundee um, for SW, it was SWE. I think it was a couple of years ago, and uh, I'm sure you had the, the, the room uh, paying close attention to your poem. It was beautiful. Oh, flower of Scotland, when will we <laughs> see your light again? again and fought and died for. And stood against him. Against who? Proud Edward's <laughs> army. Wanker! <laughs> again. That is amazing, man. Hey, do you, did you, how, you are so brainy. I mean, you really are the genius. Where did you get all that? You, you speak so eloquent in every interview that I hear you. Is that just something that you had as, as, a, as a boy? You just grew up? Did you like reading books? Well, I don't even like to read now. I, I read stop signs and things. Uh, I, I do audio books. Um, uh, you know, I'm a more of a listening learner. But um, anyway, uh, you know, I didn't have 20-inch arms. I didn't have, so I pointed to my head a lot. And I just took advantage of my own natural resources. And uh, if I would have had, you know, the ultimate warrior's body, I wouldn't have pointed to my head. I would have pointed to my arms. It's a bit like myself, mate. Uh, I don't really have much of a figure on myself <laughs> either, but I'm sure you had a, a better figure back, back in the day with me. As I mean, I've been compared to 
being built like a loaf of bread, which isn't the best for being in the wrestling business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you just do the best you can with what you got. Exactly. I started a diet on Monday. I haven't had chocolate in three days. I haven't had chocolate in three oh, days. Oh, wow. See, I, I'm going to start a diet and exercise program, but I'm too hungry and tired. <laughs> Mate, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, right now I'm working through this lockdown. I'm working. I'm busier than ever for some bizarre reason. And all I want today is eat and sleep and watch wrestling. I want to go to Hogmanay before I die. Oh, Why yeah, absolutely. Oh, Hogmanay? Or do Americans no call it Hogmanay? What do we call it? New Year's Eve. Is that New Year's Eve? You call it Yeah, American. but I want to go to Hogmanay because I want to do it in Glasgow or yeah. Edinburgh. See, do you know much about Scotland? I, uh, I got YouTube and I'm looking at it. So if there's any way I could get around without freezing my arse, I'd be fine. Freezing your ass. <laughs> we need to try and get you a book at ICW, Lanny, which is the big promotion over here. ICW? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, know yeah. You, you, you wrestled in the original ICW back in the day, didn't you? Well, it was called International Championship Wrestling, ICW. What's yours called? Insane oh. Championship Wrestling. Insane? Ooh. Yes, yeah. we're insane. <laughs> we're all off. We're heads. We're crazy. How did you find Dundee when you came? Well, I just flew into Edinburgh and they just drove me to Dundee. What happened, right. uh, what happened on the way to the show was um, I think there were 200,000 people on the street jamming traffic because they were uh, uh, trying to break away from the UK. Oh, was that right in the middle of that time? That's what uh, happened. That, that was, honestly, that was an absolute nightmare to, to live through in Scotland. It was a pain in the ass. But anyway, enough talking about it. What I remember about that night in SWE, I felt terrible, right? You might not remember this. And sorry, I'll need to speak slow for you because I know you, the Scottish accent can throw you a wee bit. But if I remember rightly, I was talking to you right at the, you know, I was going to say gorilla, but it's not much a gorilla. It was a fucking fire exit, basically. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure your music hit. And you were busy talking to me, and you ended up coming out of the side of the stage instead of walking down the ring. So you kind of came out <laughs> the side through the crowd, and I was like, I feel terrible because I'm I've just fucking distracted this guy. Absent-minded genius. Lanny, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you I mean, you started off. You know, your dad Angelo was obviously you know your second generation wrestler, and you and Randy sort of started with him training, was it always something that the two of you guys wanted to do or was it something that your dad, you know, put you down that path? Well, Randy, you know, made four years uh, in baseball in the professionals and um, he got three unconditional releases and then um, he finally decided to go into wrestling and um, it was on something to fall back on. But he had decided from the day one that he wasn't just going to be a wrestler, he was going to get to the top. Of course, I decided that too, and I actually did attain it for four months. Um, but Randy did it for many years. And, um, but I had a cup of coffee in the big time. Do you remember that interview? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a cup of coffee in the big time, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you, I'm assuming the four months you're referring to, you know, that little run that you had... Uh, 89 to 90 with, with Hogan. I mean, that, that, how did you get yourself into that position? You know, going from being uh, Leaping Lanny and then obviously switching up to the Genius King. How, how did that opportunity come around? 
Well, what happened was I was going to be, um, give, they were wishing me luck on my future endeavors. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I mean, I released you. <laughs> yes. And they said, uh, Lana, you're a great employee. You're always on time. You always pass a drug test. You know, you're reliable and everything. We hate to do this, but we have, you've been here five years and we have too many baby faces. We need heels, which means we have too many good guys. We need bad guys or villains. So I was married at the time and I had a daughter and I still have a daughter, but I'm no longer married. <laughs> and, um, so I go did you get that? <laughs> bitter. Who's bitter? So I said, well, why don't you make me a bad guy? So Chief J. Strumbo said, you, you can't be a bad guy. You're too good looking. So I said, well, you were a baby face for 35 years and you are the ugliest man I've ever met. <laughs> and so everybody laughed, but I wasn't laughing. So we were in Boston and I said a poem derogatory to the sports teams of Boston. So my name is Lanny Poffo. I always know what's up. The Bruins haven't got a chance to win the Stanley Cup. The Red Sox haven't won in years. I hope they never do. The Celtics are a travesty. The Patriots are too. And a fan jumps in the ring and I nail him. And then I start the third verse or fourth verse, whatever it was. And another fan jumps in the ring and the police are in there. And it's a mini riot and the match doesn't take place. So I come back to the dressing room. And Vince is there and says, well, it looks like you weren't as good looking as we thought. <laughs> you have any ideas for a gimmick? I said, how about Boy Genius? And he says, well, there's, you know, how about Lan the genius Lanny Poffo will do six vignettes and then we'll drop Lanny Poffo. And I said, nothing doing, Vince. It's either my way or the highway. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I said, okay, Vince, anything you want. <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, I and then, what's that? I guess you then go from that and you're in a program with, you know, with, with the, the big star, the big draw and the big money. Well, Hulk Hogan liked my gimmick. He says, Lanny, you're working like a fag out there. So I said, you want me to stop? He says, no. He says, no, I don't want you to stop. I love it. As a matter of fact, can you turn the dial up on that? He says, because I've got an idea. I said, nothing doing, Hulk. I'll do the ideas. <laughs> no, I said... Okay, Mr. Hogan. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he had an idea for me, and I couldn't believe it because he didn't lose to anybody. And then they put me with Mr. Perfect, and that was fantastic. And for four months, I was like, a, I, he took me to all the main events and all over the WWE. What a. And then the only time I ever got in an argument or denied Randy one of his wins. He was having a CD, Be a Man Hulk. Oh, that's right. Be a Man Hulk. I remember that. Yeah. And he says, I need for you to write something, a rap tune against Hulk Hogan. And I said, I can't do that. He says, can't or won't. I said, both. I said, my whole career, 21 years, I was either the big fish in a little, fond, little pond or a little pond in a, you know, I was... He brought me to the dance. I can't spit in his face. You know, I, I feel like even though he hasn't done anything for me lately, I feel, I feel that he was, he gave me something that I can never forget or, you know, I have to be appreciative the rest of my life. But I'll tell you what I will do. I will write a beautiful song for Mr. Perfect for you. Oh, that'd be great. So I said, 
but I, and I wrote it for him and he liked it, but by the time that he sang it, he had tweaked it to death or edited it or something. I couldn't recognize it, you know, for my own. So at least he was happy though. Was that and real? I, the, 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 the stuff with Savage when he, when he wrote that rap song, I thought that was a work. Was it, was it for real? Oh yeah, he was, he was angry. Because uh, we had a shock jock uh, radio guy named Bubba the Love Sponge. That's right. And every day for five days a week, they would trash the family. Well, I wouldn't listen to it. That was my way of getting even. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was Hulk Hogan's friend. They since ended up in court, you know, over something, right? Like something. Some, so anyway, my point is um, I still appreciate Hulk Hogan for all he's done for me. And I appreciate Vince McMahon, and I appreciate the Macho Man. You know, can't we all get along? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've I've listened to some of your interviews before, and, and you talk about um, wrestlers. It's not about what you make. What is it? What's, what's the, the line again? It's not about what you make. It's what you earn. It's not. It's, it's not about what you earn. It's what you save and invest wisely. Yes. So, did you do that? Oh yes, I did, and uh, I'm the opposite of Ric Flair. Um, now, I love Ric Flair. He was always nice to me, but I'm not a kiss-stealing, limousine-riding, wheeling-dealing, uh, jet-flying, um, son-of-a-gun, right? <laughs> Woo! You know, I'm a uh, mutual fund-buying, uh, you know, another, I've got, um, it's, I have boring investments, but I have streams of income, and um, I have, I've been retired since I was 50. And I'm 65 now, so that's 15 years of retirement. And um, I am no longer married, but I have a beautiful daughter who will be, um, on Friday, she turns 36, and she's given me two beautiful grandsons. One is three years old, the other is six months old. You see you're retired, though, Lanny. Um, up to a few years, you're still doing it in the ring. You're still Ring of Honor. You're still doing com- comms on Ring of Honor. What makes you, what drives you on to keep doing it? Well, I said I was retired. I didn't say I was dead yet. <laughs> so, um, and, the, and the thing is, I had an opportunity to go, you know, believe it or not, I've been all over, all over Europe, all over England, but never Scotland, you see? And, um, and that's why a couple of years ago, that's where I met you. And um, I was uh, thrilled to be there, and they took very good care of me because I wanted to do the touristy thing too. Talking about you, you know, you walk, you're working with Ring Honor, and talk about the current product, um, Lanny. You seem to, you seem to gush any time I see you speaking about Ring of Honor. You seem to gush over that promotion. What is it about Ring of Honor that, that gets you so excited? Well, I was just excited because they invited me, and they were very nice to me, and I like. Um, the exuberance of youth and they have some very very talented people in ring of honor jay lethal uh, is the guy that made it all happen for me and um also aew um i got to go there and i got to go to new japan because of my affiliation with ring of honor so one thing led to another and i got to cross a few things off my bucket list because believe it or not before 2018 i had never been to japan Wow, really? I mean, the, the thing is, Lanny, I, I guess when early and going back to earlier in your career when you were doing sort of Leap and Lanny stuff, did you watch a lot of Japanese stuff to get that influence on, on the sort of style that you did on the ring? Well, 
like everybody thinks I invented the moonsault, but the fact is, um, I believe it was 1982 that Tiger Mask wrestled the Dynamite Kid in Madison Square Garden. And that was before New York became worldwide. So I was in the gym and a friend of mine said, hey, did you see the match between this guy and this guy, Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask? They every flip and this and that. I said, can you get me the video? And at the time we had video, we stuck it in. You know, that was back many years ago. Um, so I watched the match and then I invented the moonsault right after I saw Tiger Mask do it. <laughs> That's what every wrestler does anyway, isn't it? Greedo does a great moonsault, by the way. <laughs> it's like Christopher Daniels has a move called the best moonsault ever. I have mine's. Mine's is called the worst moonsault ever. <laughs> the worst and ever. Yes. And uh, here at the age of 65, I went to Calgary and Edmonton and Red Deer. And uh, I did, each time I did a moonsault, a 65-year-old moonsault. Wow. So, hey, Lanny, we were, we were, you talked, um, you mentioned Ric Flair there, and you, you obviously worked in NWA with, with Ric Flair. But, I mean, you worked, I mean, that was really, I guess, your education into wrestling with uh, Terry Funk, Ruth Ayes. Um, did you really, did you go through a training school, or apart from your dad, or was it just a case of learning on the road? Well, my father taught me the basics, fundamentals and things, but he said that you should learn from everybody all the time. And if you stop learning, you should get out of the business because you ha you know, it's not good enough to stay satisfied. You have to be hungry. And um, my brother, who was a very much a perfectionist, was never satisfied with any match or any interview or any costume. He always wanted to make it bigger and better and better and better and better. Did you, I mean, talk, talking there about your brother and, you know, learning things like that. I mean, it's well known in the, the wrestling industry. Your brother was a very much one, two, three, four, five. This is what we're doing at this time. Were, were you that guy or did you like to call it in the ring? Uh, I never called anything in the ring because when I was starting out, I noticed I could always see the wrestlers talking. And... You know, when, when the wrestlers talk to each other, I couldn't hear them, but I could see them. Like they whisper each other's ear before, you know, throwing each other in the ropes. So I didn't want anybody to say that about me. So the only thing I ever did in the ring is listen. And I did things on my own or listened. Now, if I was wrestling somebody like Terry Funk, Harley Race, somebody that had earned the authoritative um, leadership, I would always listen. But whenever... I was the leader. I always told the other person that let's just play it by ear, you know, and have that wide open style. And I, I never liked to do the, not my brother, he uh, only did paint by numbers for his opponent. He knew what he was going to do, but he, he wanted his opponent to be caught up with him. Ah, right, right. Grado, I mean, how, I mean, what, are you that kind of guy, Grado, or, or do you... Do you like to just call it as you go as well? So that was impro improvisational. I, you know, just did whatever I felt like doing at any given time. Yeah. Ah, there's, there's no match better than, than when you just go along with a crowd and listening to the crowd and having a feel for it out there. Um, that, that's the way I feel. But I mean, I fucking I stand on people's toes, poke their eyes. I do the same shit every fucking match. <laughs> 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 
I've, I've got my major league. Mine's is just like a kind of pantomime inside the ring. Do you know what pantomime is, Lanny? Oh yes, uh, Marceau, Marceau. Yes, Gigi, Gigi. Yeah, <laughs> like you're gonna you want to crack an egg, you don't do it like this. You go. Correct, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's all about the. Ah! You know so, what I mean? Lanny, you talked about uh, you know you, you you weren't on the road. You know, obviously your dad sort of taught you, and then then you and, and Randy went out and sort of learned. Do you think in in wrestling today that that's a missing quality because? There's so many training schools now, and you go to a training school, and then you go into developmental, but you don't get that experience of just being out in the road and getting someone like Terry Funk or Luthes taking you under their wing and going, this is how you do it, kid, you know? Yes, I know what you're saying, and I feel that I had an advantage uh, that I had 12 years to be lousy before I got my big break in the WWF. You know, there's the, the way to make a good interview is to make a million lousy ones. Yeah. And, you know and improve each time. So you're right, it was an advantage to work the territories. Um, and we wrestled like nine times a week. And um, it was, you know, and a lot of times, $400 a week was, was very good for a week. And, uh, but I would always, I would always save 200 uh, or at, at the minimum $150. And then after seven years, I had saved my first one hundred thousand dollars. So, you go. in other words, and sometimes I cheated a little bit. I wouldn't eat, you know, if I was having a little, you know. And uh, why would I go through that if uh, it was all worth it? You see. Yeah, and another thing as well, you were obviously you wrestled through the eighties when when it, when the drug culture was absolutely massive, and you're on record to say that you've never touched a drug, you've never smoked a, a fag, you know, you've never smoked a cigarette. Yeah. That's so. That's obviously going to help well your money saving as well because you're not spending money on drugs. That's right, and uh, um, also I remember Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, we got along very well in the car, and we were working in uh, the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, and Washington. And what a fantastic person to ride with! But he stops. I I, I fill a, I fill a, the car up, and uh, he stops to get some food. And he buys me a gift, Happy Days. And Happy Days is a little tobacco you put between your cheek and gum. Uh -huh. And he says, this will get you started. Then you graduate to school and finally get to Copenhagen, which is what I use. And I said, thank you, but no thank you. So he says, Don't, all the boys are doing it. And I said, well, I'm more worried about what my dentist thinks of me than the, than the wrestlers. I, I mean, it must have been, did, did you have other people trying to come up and say, well, oh, come on, Lanny, have a line, you know, take this, take that. It must have been, yeah. it must have been hard to tell these people, look, no, I'm, I'm not interested. Yeah, I had to do it, you know, uh, because I was, now, unfortunately, in 1989, before my big uh, break with Hulk Hogan as the genius, I took steroids. And then um, when I became, when I was trying to do the Gorgeous George gimmick in the WCW, uh, they, steroids weren't legal then, so I took human growth hormone. And I, I'm not saying it because I'm proud of it. I'm saying it because I want your audience to hear it in case they are considering gambling their life with these dangerous drugs. Because a lot of wrestlers are dead. That's right, and I just lucked out. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm not proud of it, but I'm saying I want to tell you guys the truth so 
um, your people will maybe listen to my more credible analysis that um, the good that it does you is temporary, the bad that it does you is permanent. What would you? What advice would you give to a, a wrestler on the road that bumps into some women? What was your advice on women <laughs> on the road? Well, wrap your willy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good advice, mate. That's good advice. I wish I'd listened to you a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I knew a guy that had hags. Not haggis. Hags. Hags? Hags. It's herpes, AIDS, gonorrhea, and syphilis. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but, the good, but the good news is they gave him pizza. To He says, will that cure my hags? He says, no. That's the only thing we can slide under the door. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, like so, just just the Hall of Fame uh, was back in 2015. How did that feel? You know, standing on that stage and inducting your your brother in. It must have been an, an amazing moment for you. Well, you know, I went through a lot of uh, torment to do that because Randy didn't want to go in by himself. He wanted my, you know, my father. Yeah, and myself to go with him as the Popo family, because a year before he died, the Von Erichs were inducted. That's right. And you you must admit that four of the Von Erichs deserved to be there, and two of them did not. Mm. So the, the Fritz, Carrie, Kevin, and David belonged, and Chris and Michael did not. So. Um, he said, Lanny, you, you sucked, but you were better than Chris. So, so that was, and he said, if anything happens to me, make sure that we go in as the Papo family or not at all. So in, uh, about six months after Randy died, I get a call from John Laurinaitis asking me if I would put Randy into the Hall of Fame. And I said, Randy's wishes were that it was the Papo family or nothing. Randy, Lanny, Angelo. And uh, he said, Okay, I'll get back with you, but he never did. So I imagine it didn't get over. So then when I turned 59, I knew I had accomplished one thing that Randy never did. I turned 59, and I was now the older brother. Oh, yeah. So I decided to overrule Randy, and I thought <laughs> the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, which is from Star Trek. And I said... You got millions of macho fans. You only got one macho man. And if it wasn't for those macho fans, the macho man would not exist. Yes. So I, what I did was um, I did the best thing I could do. And, of course, I had to tell my mom my decision. She says, no, that wasn't Randy's wishes. I said, well, because Randy was the oldest, I didn't get a lot of my wishes a lot of times. <laughs> so now that I'm the oldest and I've got you outnumbered, you know, I'm going to go ahead with this. Yeah, that's so, a, I mean, it's a, it was a really honourable thing, to, I think, for you to do. It might, it must have been really hard for you to do as well, Lanny. It was hard, but um, I feel it was the right move. And I ask, ask fans all the time, aren't you glad I decided to? Of course, See, I. And the people liked my speech, but the thing is, um, it would have been much better if they had done it while Randy was alive for one last, ooh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Actually, I need to come to that, though, because... You and Randy have two, I mean, you're brought up in the same family, you come from the same area, but your voices are completely different. I mean, how did that happen? Well, it was when we decided, you know, he was having trouble with his interviews, and I told him, why don't you imitate Pampero Furple? 
um, and that was like, you are watching number one station in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. And he was, he was Armenian from Argentina, so he had a strange accent. And um, I said, you read that line. And he says, you are watching the number one station in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. And I went, that's money. I said, he's got it. And then he spent the next three months in the mirror working on his interview. And believe it or not, he was never satisfied with any interview, any match, anything. He was always wanting more, better. And um, I'd say he made his point. So did he speak like that to your mum? Did he speak or did he, did he drop? Did he, was that a constant? I'm going to be honest with you. The last, when, when I got him doing, ooh, yeah, the last time that I heard Randy Popo was that day. And from then on, he was, yeah. Oh really? <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Even even with, even with even with your parents, even with your parents, he changed. Really? Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. He called me on the phone. Yeah, here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. I was there when you found the accent, but that's fine. You so you probably were one of the only people to no get unnerved when he when he spoke to you. Oh, he made me nervous. Oh, uh, did he? You know, I was the youngest in the family, and uh, we got along fine. Who would um, win in a shoot fight, though, Larry? That's what we want to know. Who would win in a shoot fight? Even now, he would beat me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever, did you catch the, um, I can't remember if you were involved in it, but the dark side of the ring feature on your brother, how did you, do you feel that came across? Well, I, don't, I just, I liked it a lot. I just don't like people that have been divorced many times. Mm -hmm. that think they can give marital advice to two dead people, mm -hmm. okay? And my answer to that is, how many times have you been married? And when was the last time somebody made love to you and meant it? So, <laughs> you know, I really, really don't like people talking negatively about my brother. So here's my warning. If you lie about him, I will tell the truth about you. <laughs> well, Larry, I mean, thank you so much for, for joining us on wrestling. Uh, See, before you go, who was the biggest prick you've ever met in wrestling? <laughs> uh, who had the biggest prick or who was the biggest? Well, we all know who we, had we, the biggest have, prick. We know how you have a caught in the river, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> who, who does? Chris Jericho told us it was you. He said it was me? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's lying. Um, see, mine is mostly exaggeration. I admit to being above average. But when I saw Robert Fuller, uh, also known as uh, oh, the manager, yeah, there was uh, Colonel Tom Parker. That's right. I met him in Cleveland. He's got a big oh, he knob. Put, he put me out of business. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason that mine is big is because I measure it like a cat's tail from the anus to the tip. I did. I'm going to start doing that myself. <laughs> yes. But anyway, um, I would like to just say, Chris Jericho wouldn't know if I was, he just heard. And every time you hear something, it, it grows a little. So but anyway, who was the biggest prick in the business? I'd have to go with Ole Anderson. And uh, let me see, who else would be? You didn't have much time for Bam Bam Bigelow, did you? Oh my God, no, that, that was horrible. But I don't like to, I don't like to, uh, speak, Ill of the dead. You know, speak ill of the deceased. But, um, you know, here's a guy that, um, used to sleep at the Acme Ritz Central Arms Waldorf Plaza Ritz, you know, and, uh, and then he couldn't even, um, 
he then he couldn't even do child support. So I have no sympathy for that guy. Yeah, fair enough. Well, Annie, thanks. Thank you very much for coming on Wrestling Daft. Really appreciate your time. And um, again, we should get you an ICW. Let's get a booking for IC, Lanny and Definitely. ICW. Yeah, after this virus cures up, I will do it. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. I love you guys. Virus. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Stay safe. Thank you very much, Lanny. Take it easy, pal. All right, bye-bye. All right, so before we go, let's uh, crown our listener of the week. And it's going to be... Mr. Jordy Coyle himself and that amazing story about creating his, uh, himself in a wrestling game and then somebody else renting out of the, the video shop and, and, and finding him in there. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that story. It makes me want to load up my N64 No Mercy the New to look at all my creative wrestlers. Listen, I've said this before. We need to get a dog. We need to do a wee bit of uh, talking about wrestling computer games on this show at some point. I might do that. Um, so, Grado, it's been great chatting to you. Mm-hmm. Anything just, else to add before we wrap no, it up? Just, I like the, the fan stories. I think they should, if they, you've got any stories about wrestling at all that's daft, mm. let us know, man. Anything at all. It really brights up my night, doesn't it? I love, I love uh, your stories. See, without your stories, because this, this is the punters show. Mm-hmm. Wrestling daft is about the punters. We're a um, community. We're all in this together. You know what I mean? Family, and that's what wrestling's all about. So, everybody, it's a great wee show. Loved it. And uh, who are we going coming up next week, John? Have we got Emdy? You tell me, Grado. Who are you booking? Who do you want? Who do you been saying want? this for a year, Rob, who do you want on the show? I'll tell you what, honestly, what I, what I would want, right? And I know it's terrible saying this because I know we've already had him on the show twice, but I'd quite like to catch up with Shah again. If we can do that, would be nice. Whether it's an interview or no, but I'd like to catch up and see how he's been doing with lockdown. I think it'd be a good laugh to talk to him about mm-hmm. lockdown. I, I'm on, sure on I can go in guarantee Yeah. Yeah. Well then, right. it's time to go up the road. Up the road, uh, it's yourself. Uh, I can't believe you never made that Larry Poffo interview. Larry Poffo, Larry Poffo, well, Larry Poffo. Well, that's a, that's a, a, a bad, that's, that's why I wasn't there, because I knew you were going to call him Larry Poffo, Jonah, at some point. Audio Frontier. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.